0: Welcome to X Men Evolution, episode twenty-three of Cyclops is waiting for me, an X Men animated recap podcast. I'm JC, and it the year's almost over, Rod. Yeah, I, and I'm, we didn't get X Men ninety-seven. No, well, watch. Them. We got just
1: toys. Because, watch be, just because we said that when this like goes up and posts, like X Men ninety-seven will just say, release that day,
0: like the day before, even yeah. on a non-traditional <laughs> Disney Plus release day. It'll release on a Sunday.
1: Just out of spite to us. And I'm Rod, and it'll have been way past Thanksgiving by the time you hear this, but I'm excited for Thanksgiving because it <laughs> hasn't happened yet, <laughs> recording
0: this. And also, as we're recording, we are both hungry, so the thought mm. of food is very enticing to either of us. Yes,
1: that's great. And now all I can think about is corn casserole, so it's really good stuff. You shouldn't eat it year-round, though. It's too much stuff. <laughs> anyway, Cyclops Was Waiting For Me is our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single X-Men animated episode we can find, along with some bonus episodes. Our first series started with the original 1992 X-Men the Animated Series, building up to release of X-Men 97, which we thought was coming to Disney+. Plus. Like we said, not happening.
0: I'm not removing it from the script until the next episode. Because we have one more episode that's going to air for us in 2023. I'm keeping it in for that last episode.
1: Just so they can prove us wrong.
0: (laughs) Yes. Again, Disney (laughs) operates purely on spite. Right. And pixie dust, right?
1: yeah I mean, more of the first thing but i mean you've seen what they've been putting out lately but since it's not here yet we needed to find some other shows to cover we've been quite enjoying the high school trauma of evolution
0: <laughs> it's the best edition some quick reminders or a recap show about a series that came out over 20 years ago there are going to be spoilers if you don't want it spoiled for you pause the podcast watch the episode and most importantly come back we're not sponsored, as you can't tell, or affiliated with Marvel, Marvel Animation, Disney, or Disney Plus, the Spike Company, in any way, shape, or form.
1: And don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, X, and Facebook. Oh, I. Swipe the wrong wrong screen, and of course, make there's sure only to one. False. There's only one line left. Come yeah. on. <laughs> also on Facebook, and of course, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast services.
0: Now on to the show. Today we're going to be talking about season two, episode eight, titled "Mindbender." It aired on January 26 of 2002. So, first episode of 2002 currently sits at a 7.3 star rating on IMDb. I did double check it. The two episodes back to back were both seven point three ratings. So this is that break that I mentioned
1: a few episodes ago. That a lot of shows would take, like you know, between the holidays. So it was like about a month or two, month and a half.
0: Yeah, r- roughly like you know, six weeks or so. They would they would have like the mid season finale. You get reruns during the holidays because, especially for appointment viewing, you would be fucked. So
1: yeah. Yeah, even I forgot that when you had to be home for a show, you had to be home for a show.
0: And to get like, you know, DVDs and stuff like that, you know, even going into the DVD era, it was like six months to nine months after the finale of that season before you would even be able to buy it.
1: I mean, I remember someone talking about the Aladdin video game. And, you know, that game came out a year after the movie was in theaters. And they were like, well, you remember in the 90s, home releases didn't happen until a year later. So, they were timing the video game release with the home release. It was like, wow, that, you're right. When we saw Aladdin in theaters, we had like gone and lived a year of life. And then the VHS. We probably
0: wasted it, though. Right. <laughs> the year after Aladdin, we probably wasted. Yeah. <laughs> but this episode, Mindbender, anything come to mind at the start of it before we got into the episode itself, like from the name?
1: not aside from the characters where i knew like xavier and gene and stuff and there was that the main character the main like villain that we see throughout i saw him on the thumbnail but he didn't look familiar to me
0: interestingly enough the villain the way he had the facial markings i thought was one of the inhumans because there is karnak from the inhumans who especially if you look at the comic book version of him don't look at the the garbage yeah. live action mcu-ish adjacent now not actually mcu show
1: it's one of uh, the branches of loki let go.
0: <laughs> He lit- he literally is like an iron but, fist agents of shield <laughs> toss yeah but definitely in humans that was the first thing he let go totally reminded me of karnak visually
1: yeah i could see that and then there was a shot in the middle of this episode that i thought they were going to reveal it was like a piece of xavier or something because it looked like his face with the face markings.
0: Right. Kinda like what was it? The 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 bad Xavier, the Phantom Xavier? <laughs> with the angry eyebrows. <laughs> the angry eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> How would this have fallen around the time of Onslaught, actually? Now that you say that. I'm not sure. Marvel Onslaught and Marvel debuted in nineteen ninety six. So it would have yeah. been in a post onslaught era. So yeah. Yeah. Which was half the consciousness of Xavier, so Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I thought you knew that. My bad. I forget you're not as big of a fucking nerd as me. Sorry. I mean I, I I will like there's
1: like I have huge gaps in my comic book knowledge, so every once in a while I will know something, but for the most part probably not. It's like Swiss cheese
0: spoiler for a comic book that came out 30 years ago yeah onslaught was the consciousness of xavier and magneto together
1: okay gotcha some rick and morty shit (laughs) i know they did an episode of that this year this season
0: oh the jerry shit
1: yeah jerry and rick
0: yeah the less said about that show this season the better (laughs) kicks off it's a rainy carnival and it starts off very like horror movie vibes Mm -hmm. because you see somebody's foot steps into a puddle It starts to pan up, and then you see it's, like, Jean, who is just in, like, a sleeping shirt with no shoes. And I was like, oh, okay, that's got to be a nightmare scenario.
1: She's stretched out, too. Was she? Her proportions are, like, a little bit... I feel like they could have gone more extreme with it to signal more, but she wasn't, like... Because they're so consistent with the human proportions in this. This is, like, a little bit, like, more, yeah, distorted.
0: And then as she's walking through... There's, like, laughing clowns, which, yeah, this is nightmare fuel. This, like, yeah. I don't have a fear of clowns, but I, if I was having this as a repeated nightmare, I would have a fear of clowns. Yeah, and
1: it wasn't just one, because it started off, it looked like it was going to be, like, one creepy clown robot thingy. Yeah, and,
0: and then, then, then just... you get reveal of multiples, and then they become giants, and then it just falls on her, which is the best way it's for, like, the dream to end.
1: Yeah, it's like it, k- it kills you in your dream.
0: And then she wakes up floating, which had a very similar vibe to me of when Kitty, like, had her nightmare and she, like, was using her powers unconsciously as she was sleeping.
1: Yeah. And granted, Jean didn't scream or anything, but this was one of the rare times that the entire mansion didn't, like, run into her room, at someone's room in the middle yeah. of a night
0: terror. Right. And then you see there's a Jack in the Box that is right next to her bed. And in any scenario, that is creepy. Like, why would you ever have a Jack in the Box next to your bed like even if you have children that is still creepy to me i i was i was
1: wondering about that because i was like if that wasn't there before and she didn't just leave the room like that's the difference between Jean's character and storm Mm -hmm. storm when she was being chased by the shadow she's like nope elevator yeah Jean's like let me put this on my lap because it it was running by itself wasn't it like this the thing was like cranking itself and then yeah
0: let me finish it and then it does the jump scare of the green face and that was the first time i was like why is Karnak in there? That makes no sense. And then we jump over to the animated intro. It's a quicker intro in this one. I do like that they're not always consistent on the time frame for them. It's like, you have some that are like a 30 second, you have some that are like four fucking minutes, I feel like.
1: Yeah, it's whatever it needs to be to
0: exposition yeah. the story. So next day, everybody's searching for Gene xavier is in the room with scott and then somebody mentions that the -the jack-in-the-box is just oh it's something she won at the carnival last week and so that becomes that becomes this you know the gun the entire episode basically just sitting there
1: and now when they said that i was like that makes it worse you like you throw that away you're like okay cool it was fun to play that game and then
0: then it's like oh well yeah she just kind of banished and it's like that's not one of her powers right you can't do that I do like how
1: they tied it to the Jag in the box though. They're like, this spooky item might be the key. Nope, blowed,
0: totally blown <laughs> off, not the key. And then jump over, and you see that Hank is essentially speed-reading the internet. It gave. Remember when we had to look up... Microfilm article? and yeah, microfiche?
1: Yeah, microfiche. I was yeah, like, yes, he just looking through microfiche. And yeah, I guess it's not archive. So he's doing the archive. Not archive. Is archive the right word? It, like, uh, it can't be referenced. Like,
0: it's not searching yeah. the actual terms and such. Yeah, yeah. But it's also, like, we, we, we talked about this in a, in a previous episode, probably when we were talking about 92, but, like, the world didn't move at the speed of the internet like that. Like, mm-hmm. if something had happened the middle of the night, it was not going to be in the newspapers the next morning mm-hmm. because people were not going to websites for their news. They were literally still picking up the paper on that regular basis. Shit happens at 3 a.m. What paper is going to be covering that the next yeah. day? Indexed.
1: That's the word I was looking for. Uh, it indexed. indexed.
0: <laughs> and yep. Do I remember
1: correctly that some some days newspapers would come at different times than others? Like I vaguely remember this where it was like Sunday morning had a newspaper. but I feel like the other days that were like midday or something. I can't remember.
0: It all depended, year. but I do know there were certain ones where you could have like an evening edition yeah, and you I could have like two fun. sets of news on the same day to an extent.
1: Maybe that's what I'm thinking of because it was like if it didn't make the morning paper, then you knew it was going to Come late, like we just knew when we were going to see something,
0: and then they also mentioned that Cerebro hasn't detected anything, which at least they're trying all yeah. you know the different routes for this.
1: And so. they mentioned because Gene hadn't used her powers, so Cerebro it
0: wasn't detecting. Quick note forgot to say it on the last episode, but people probably listened to this in order. I thought it was interesting that they were like, Well, we would have detected Warren using his powers if Cerebro wasn't being repaired. Mm-hmm. Is him flapping his wings considered using his powers? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Or do they... Like, or like Beast being blue, is he just constantly like low level using his power?
1: You wonder, like, is there is there some... Is the mutation some sort of thing like the, the muscle control or the strength to control whatever your thing is, you know?
0: Obviously, Scott shoots a thing. Bobby makes ice. Gene uses telepathy. I guess that's kind
1: of like when Sunspot spiked the volleyball... And then was it Berserker was like...
0: Berserker was like, you, you
1: cheated. You use your power. So I guess maybe that was that they were alluding to. Like he could have activated a power of like strength.
0: I I like. think Berserker was just being like a whiny bitch about yeah, it, to be totally dude,
1: honest. I think it like kind of implies though that like that could have been...
0: Like low level, like, yeah.
1: Something, I don't know. But,
0: but sorry, sorry just had winks. to point that out really quickly. <laughs> so yeah, then we go through like this whole montage of people searching for Gene... And you see the Circus of Mystery flyer, which if you haven't picked up that something is going on with the clowns and the the event, they're hitting you over the head with it. There's no missing this one. And then Scott, what was absolutely okay in 2001, 2002, which is he is using his phone, you know, top down in his convertible, just phone up to his face the entire time because nobody cared about safety on streets while you were driving back then.
1: And also it signaled that he was probably pretty wealthy because it, it looked like it might have been like an early flip phone or something and so for like 2001 they still it wasn't common for high school students i think to like have you know it was
0: it was at that starting era of high yeah. school students having it like i i I will admit, I had one my senior year of school, but it also only had the limited number of minutes because we were still paying for minutes yeah. every month, you know? I
1: guess that's a good point. They are in an emergency scenario, and we haven't seen yeah. Scott with it, like, a lot before, so maybe this was, like, a, okay, this is when you're going to use the phone.
0: And he actually calls Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> what that phone call like? <laughs> Awkward. And I yeah. love that it's only one side of it. Yeah. Also, I feel like Duncan is not at all fucking concerned that his girlfriend is missing. Yeah, right? Because he's like, no, no, don't worry about it. He's like, what do you mean don't worry about it? Don't she live with you guys? Yeah. Shouldn't you of all people know where the fuck she is? Mm -hmm. Also calls Taryn because we got to remember that he's, you know, he's, he's friends or he's dating her best friend. Then we have Spike at the John can't read this word. Oh, at the police station.
1: That's where he was. I just saw him skateboard. I didn't realize where he was.
0: But again, it's the Spike being the ballsy kid because he's the one who's been arrested. Yeah. So he knows which, already. already. But we we're also pretty sure that Xavier mind-wiped the police station. Oh, that's true. But then he like, grinds his skateboard down the staircase, too. Sticking it, sticking it to the man. Rogue goes to the record shop, which looked like the same background from the previous episode. Kitty goes to the Brotherhood house, and apparently there's like a mini-fight with Lance, and she gives the great, like, what? Well, it's not like you guys haven't tried abducting her before. I like that line. Of, that like, was a such cowboy. a good throwback. It's like, this is true. This would have been the first place we checked. Right? Yeah. Blob is looking for love yet again, and it yeah. doesn't go well. Back of the mansion, Bobby, Sam, Berserker, and Jubilee are like, well, shouldn't we be like looking for her? And you know, they're like, well, the others said we still have to go to class. But there's no teachers around. So they decide they're gonna do their own mini lesson within the danger room.
1: I like that this group of younger students are kind of like the troublemakers and they're just like in a little group, is you know, getting into stuff.
0: They're 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 really dumb. And Bobby being the ringleader is what like is shocking to me. Cause yeah. he seems like he's probably the worst of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they keep putting him in these like Positions of leadership. He was like, you know, when he was like flying the, the CBN, X-Jet. The x yep. And stuff was like he, after like the second or third time of crashing that, maybe we rotate someone else in as a potential pilot.
0: I guess because they do the whole like, Sam is kind of like the country bumpkin is why he's like, just follow along. I feel like Jubilee would not put up with his shit. And I <laughs> get and I guess Berserker is just kind of like this, like clean slate of like, we don't know anything about this character. Aside from he thinks that Sunspot cheated. Sunspot yeah. should probably be the leader, realistically. Yeah. yeah.
1: Volleyball is not a superpower yet.
0: Yet. So they have multiple show up who they're like, yeah, we're not going to let you in. And they just kind of like leave him as the odd man out. And I think this was one of those times where we got the clearest picture of how young Multiple is supposed to be by comparison because he has the voice of a little kid, not like a high school freshman. Like, he literally sounds like a 10-year-old at most, you know?
1: I was going to say, like, because you told me last time we saw him that he was supposed to be younger. I was like, oh, I guess I could see that. And this one, they really leaned into it. Like, he was like the little brother that wants to, like, sneak out of the house with you or go ride bikes or something, and you're like, no.
0: Yeah, and, and maybe it's just because we've gotten more time with him of him animating and stuff like that, but it's like, he just... He, he, feels like he's too young to even be in high school at this point
1: yeah like he he seems like not even maybe not even junior high like he seems like he might even be like an elementary student or something
0: which meant he manifested powers earlier in life than anybody else which is also yeah. weird weird It
1: also scary if you're like his parents like you had one kid and now you have like 12 or something when they sneeze
0: i was gonna say when when he gets hit
1: <laughs> yeah well, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> oh my god imagine oh. if it was that kind of a household that would just be the that would be the worst thing possible it's
1: like it's like boom boom it came from like an abusive household and that's how his power, that's why his powers manifested so early
0: that's so sad okay congratulations there you, you have made jamie madrox a darker character than this version of boom boom <laughs> there you go wow Like, darker than Boom Boom, darker than Rogue, like, you went there, Rod. But yeah, Jubilee stops him, he doesn't get to go into the danger room. Jump over, and Logan is at the bus station, asks the ticket guy, oh, have you seen this girl? He's like, yeah, she was here at about four in the morning, and it's like, that doesn't seem weird to you that a teenage girl is at a bus station at four in the morning? He's like, ask New York, this happens every day. Yeah, he's like, I don't give a shit. And she took the bus to Boston.
1: I have some questions about the travel in this.
0: The bus to Boston is the one that I'm okay with. The rest of it, I completely yeah. know where you're going with it.
1: But mainly because the bus to Boston, I feel like set like the benchmark of like how travel was going to go. So I was like, okay, so you would take a bus to Boston.
0: From New York, it, yeah.
1: A, yeah, that, that's our baseline. And then yeah. after here, that yeah, the, the choices don't make sense.
0: But yeah, bus to Boston. Then they get back to... The institute and Cerebro confirms that she's in Boston. It's like, so we could have all just waited. Is yeah. what you're telling me? <laughs> there had to be no search because she was eventually going to use her power. That's true. Yeah. Jean shows up at a mansion, breaks the gate, just like pops out the windows, and then she steals a ring. And that was not what I was expecting to happen. Um, like I have yeah. zero idea of what's going on in this story from like a previous like scenario, but it was just like this was all just to steal a ring
1: yeah and because it was in glasses like i guess it's like a museum or something but or,
0: or it's at least somebody's private vault kind of scenario like a private collector
1: yeah for a second i thought maybe they were gonna what do they call it in the show the
0: crystal. <laughs> oh, cider Oh, oh yeah yeah ciderac but i could have seen that yeah it was like because um, this the first one was red right i think so yeah that's a, yeah let's go with that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah mini, mini crystal of ciderac so yeah yeah so she steals it the police arrive, and off-camera, and I'm sure this was a standards and practices thing, she fucks up those cars.
1: I couldn't decide if it was standards and practices or, like, a cost-cutting thing. You, know, you just show the cop cars on the ground, and then in the trees. But, no,
0: I, between. but I could see either way. If I had a wager, mm-hmm. I would wager it was you cannot show violence towards a police officer. Yeah, yeah. From, from a hero. Yeah. Yeah, and then you see... They still haven't left because Scott runs in. He's like, all right, Jet's ready to go. And they're like, yeah, Cerebro's basically telling us she's already left.
1: This whole episode of Cerebro being like, well, fuck you guys.
0: Cere- Cerebro's like, you really fucked up my my RAM when you installed this update. I am running at 20% right now. Yeah, like,
1: You just got to give me an extra hour to whatever you think, and then we'll we get it sorted.
0: And then I think I wrote down Scott is confused.
1: Oh, because because he doesn't want to wait for her to yeah oh I think...
0: because because they st- oh he's he was... confused that she's doing the stuff that's what yeah it is. yeah because
1: they you're like he, she stole the ring and then beast is like she's not going to stay there and i'm like was he mocking <laughs> that's so much so we just got to wait to the next place she goes
0: so my next comment that i made is the new mutants suck
1: yeah they're the danger room
0: yeah because they basically like barely made it out with their lives
1: yeah they like these like tentacle things have got them they actually start working it out like the, the, it's really clumsy but they start like working together like two of them i think it was a berserker and bobby
0: well bobby figures out that if they start combining their powers in like mm-hmm. tag team maneuvers effectively they could they could break out yeah so he gets berserker jubilee is like fuck this i'm out let's let's chalk this up as an l and then the doors shut in front of them they get locked back in and new traps pop out like all of them Yeah, all of them at once. All the things that should murder these children.
1: Yeah, my note was they can't get out of the danger room, and it goes into murder mode.
0: And then you see that multiple is in the control room doing this. Are we going to get, like, an evil version of Jamie out of this story? Because I feel like he's very much Kevin from fucking Home Alone right now.
1: I I, I like that because he had no remorse. He was like, ha ha ha. No, (laughs) he
0: was like, he was kind of excited by it.
1: Yeah, and also seemed the, just the way they showed him when they revealed it was him. It didn't look like he was just mashing buttons; like he knew.
0: Oh, he was conscious of was it. Yeah, it? like he's actually worse than Arcade because Arcade was at least under the illusion that he was playing a video game.
1: Yeah, I, I was actually the way they framed Jamie when they showed him I was like, oh man, that looks like that arcade video game cover from the Sega. He was like above the control room and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. I also love that when. I had the memory of that. I had the Super Nintendo version, which we posted on our our feed. And then when I was doing the lookup, I found there was the other one, which was the one you were talking about. And that just comes from being a Super Nintendo house versus a Sega Genesis house, you know?
1: Yeah, because I have have the Sega one and that had had arcade in the corner. Yep. They're looking down on everybody.
0: But they do eventually overcome, make their way out. Their clothes are shredded. (laughs) Like, people are missing shoes. And then, you know, they, they see multiple and they know that he did it and they can't even chase him because they are all so tired they're like it's fine we'll get him tomorrow
1: i love that reaction it was so real like it was a jubilee it's just like ah, oh, we'll get it even with you tomorrow morning
0: it's such an interesting like b story because it doesn't have a payoff in this episode either like i feel like yeah. it's a like c story at this point you know yeah,
1: it's like an extension of joy rides like yeah these are the the kids that just want to like mess with everything in the mansion i'll say they learn nothing from the joy ride episode
0: nothing nothing at all (laughs) bobby especially like like unreal like it's not the worst version of bobby but it's not a very smart version of bobby (laughs) cut to the evening gene arrives and does a thumb scan at the door as her biometric to get in there Mm -hmm. scott is tossing and turning in bed and we see that it turns one o'clock i also love that he literally sleeps with his glasses on oh i was thinking about that as somebody with glasses let's talk about that rod because i don't wear glasses so Mm -hmm
1: yeah I don't like so I actually have a pair by my bed that are like narrower right so it's not as weird when I'm laying down but also I have a catch I'll chew on my glasses but if I can get away with it if I'm just like looking at my phone I'll just take them off because it's not comfortable because like, they will just be here but then that sent me down like this rabbit hole of, like that's right because like what if he's sleeping and he, and does, he suddenly like, opens open his eyes, eyes waking up yeah or you know you're like half asleep and you're just like I don't know what the control is of like that valve of his eyelid you know with the optic blast like do you if, if he like kind of squints or like whatever I don't know like how does that work so yeah they just presented so many questions
0: <laughs> all of a sudden this just became the biggest logistical problem Rod has ever had with <laughs> an X-Men character
1: that might explain why he was tossing and turning because is not comfortable laying down on your side with glasses on
0: but the logistic that drove me insane he is in this house which now has what like 18 people in it between the new mutants the teachers whatever and he slept with his door open yeah i wonder uh, no teenage boys sleeping with their door open number one
1: so i there was a couple things i was wondering about that either he's doing that because it's like he's the leader and that's a strategy thing in case gene does come home like that was the purpose of it or there's like i'm not saying that xavier would be this kind of person but like in a lot when i was growing up especially in like religious households and stuff co-ed circumstances that was that would be a rule to make sure like no hanky panky was going on he's like your bedroom door is always open i Don't see them thinking that far ahead in this show for that. But also, school Xavier would know.
0: Yeah, he would absolutely (laughs) invade their privacy, and he would know if people were getting it on in the mansion.
1: But also, if I were to run a school like this, where it's just a bunch of like teenage hormonal teenagers
0: with the power of nuclear weapons, yeah, yeah, there's so
1: many things, and they're all you know animated to be like kind of attractive and stuff. Like I would also be like, all your room doors are open. (laughs) Like, (laughs) no,
0: you actually don't have doors yeah <laughs> you you have one very tiny room in there that you cannot fit two people in that's where you get dressed yeah. and that's it
1: but i'm sure they just did that just so that they could write in that he saw her walk yeah over.
0: <laughs> she walks by he runs out and then she just like psychically drops him without saying a word
1: it's like the uh, men in black the flash thing it's like
0: shh except he doesn't forget no he doesn't forget anything i thought i thought that's what he did she did to him it was like the mind wipe thing that yeah. she learned Nope, she did not. But she telekinetically puts Scott back in bed, and then you see Kurt wakes up in a trance, and then the next morning, Scott wakes up, which their security is awful. If you're looking for a person and they use their code to get into the system, that should alert you. The Cerebro security upgrade is trash, I'm sorry. I, I like
1: the idea of, even though this is supposed to be really high-tech and futuristic technology, it's They have so- no common sense well it's from the perspective of the late 90s essentially so you can only you know that's why like every futuristic aesthetic still has like a retro like foundation you know 70s futuristic is different than 90s futuristic and so there's like this limited thing where like they're not connecting the systems right so if someone you're looking for scans in it doesn't connect to any other system
0: yeah there's no intranet it's literally (laughs) just it has everybody's thumb code and that's it yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like using your Touch ID on your iPhone. Your Touch ID does not go across multiple devices when that was like on your iPad and stuff. So but yeah, Scott is yelling to Xavier that Kurt is gone. And then Kitty and Beast are now being hackers together. Yeah, And I say hackers specifically, not in a joking way, because they've literally tapped into security footage from an airport and they have facial recognition scan happening.
1: I would love it in this commentary you're like oh yeah kitty becomes a hacker it's just her trying to make like flip-flops out of hot glue it's like i'm hacking beast aren't i
0: i hate you i hate you so much right now for that callback (laughs) it's so bad rod i really i am sure that the people who are listening love hearing the disgust in my voice but i want you to know i am actually angry at you right now (laughs)
1: That's how Beast would also act if Kitty did that. He's like, you're, oh,
0: absolutely. You're, you're,
1: I, I, you're
0: I'm the Logan in this scenario. Let's be real. <laughs> you're
1: expelled. Go home.
0: But yeah, they do the facial recognition and they realize that she's in New York and they're going to fly to New York.
1: So they said, yeah, New York City, right? And yes, and they're in the Westchester
0: area. Yes, which is 50 miles away. I okay, I, I literally, I literally looked this up last night. The White Plains Airport, which is the one in Westchester. You cannot fly into JFK or LaGuardia. It is too short a trip for them to make that jump.
1: I was going to say, okay, I guess I didn't know that it was that close to White Plains. I've worked like fashion gigs when I worked in audio in White Plains, and we flew into NYC to Mm -hmm. get to White Plains. So, yeah, and that's why I was saying the benchmark of the bus earlier. I was like, so you take a bus to Boston, but not to New York City?
0: Well, I, I was a little more concerned on the like, even if she was flying from boston to new york they flew to new york yeah like they're they're like taking off in the jet and i'm like and you're there done
1: (laughs) yeah your scent is already there yeah you don't even have enough time to like come back down
0: but yeah gene and nightcrawler they land at the township bank at the corner of fifth and byram and because we did no prep for this entire episode let's look at what is fifth and Byram, New, New York. I can't type today. That would be not in Manhattan. That's what it would be. None of this geography makes sense. Where None. Do you fly this, the, the geography in this show is just <laughs> broken and, and I have to accept it. Like, where are you flying? Like, why are you flying? Well, it's kind of like if you if you go back to Daredevil and they mentioned Hell's Kitchen. The location of where they were was not actually Hell's Kitchen. There was something where it was like the other side of Manhattan at that point. So, oh man, yeah.
1: I wonder like how because you know the people that are making this happen, they have to know, right? And if they're just like, it's fine, this is a cartoon or whatever.
0: It's it's very much a it's fine. Don't listen to the nerds who are going to complain about it on the internet and or a podcast,
1: right? And actually, kind of adjacent, tangent adjacent, I ran a little experiment on my TikTok where I talk about the pop songs and stuff. I don't know if you remember, Natasha Bedingfield's very first single, not the one, not the big one, but the very first single she released was called These Words in the States. And in the very first line, she says... uh, It
0: was not as good as Unwritten, but it was a solid song.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a good song, but it never got as popular. It didn't get as popular as Unwritten, but she she said she uh, couldn't think of a song to write. So in that first line, she says, so I threw some chords together. The combination was D-E-F and... I only included in this video, because this has driven me crazy for 20 years, that those are not the chords she's singing when they're playing. And so I in the video, I put I posted, like, this is what is playing there, and it's close. Mm-hmm. This is what it would sound like if you played what she's singing at those notes. And this is going way too nitpicky, but I was like, what she's actually outlining for you in those words are the bass line. So those are the notes that are playing in the bass,
0: not oh, the chords.
1: Okay. But because she says, I threw some chords together, the combination was D-E-F. It leads you to believe that she's playing the D-E-F chords, but it's just the bass notes. And it was probably just easier flow-wise to say that. Her and the writers in the room like, no one's going to fucking know.
0: Except for like some me. nerd <laughs> on TikTok.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, let me get my my pia- my phone piano. And I'm like, here,
0: is this chord? Is this chord? i never do that on. i was gonna say i don't think i've seen you do that on your your tiktok nope. either that's it's hilarious
1: a, it's an experiment and then someone tagged natasha so
0: we'll see if she sees it. we'll see if she likes you like some right. of the others or if she hates you we'll find out
1: Jesus. Oh, i hope she likes me i love her
0: we'll tag her in this episode there go. <laughs> hey natasha imagine if she was a massive x-men fan right oh you know she would be
1: i agree with you that gaga would be the best dazzler mm-hmm. she wouldn't be bad be a good candidate yeah the pop star, you know, blonde pop star. And she could sing or, a lot of different genres.
0: Or who I also would have seen like as a fit for it if she had ever gotten more popular was Cascada. Oh, cascada yeah. came out that same era as, as Gaga, like she could have been a Dazzler.
1: And that would make more sense too, because I at least the times we've seen Dazzler portrayed, it was more of like a like a dance, not underground, but like maybe not as mainstream, you know. Like yeah, she was a
0: she was a club hit person.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I know that that cascada makes sense.
0: Yeah, like Taylor Swift is almost too big to be Dazzler. Yeah. Whereas Cascada, it's like appropriate. Yeah. Neither of us can Photoshop that kind of shit. So (laughs) Rod and I just like it leave the awkward pause and we just kind of like looked at each other and it's like, yeah, neither of us can do that.
1: You know what I'll do? I'll use this as a clip for Instagram and TikTok. And in that awkward pause, we'll just have generative AI.
0: I was going to say use AI for it. (laughs)
1: I mean, so we'll use we'll have Adobe Firefly do it, and because Adobe Firefly is based on its own stock library, I'm almost certain there's no X Men references in there. So what you whatever you just saw is almost definitely not remotely looking like Dazzler from X Men.
0: The best part is that Dazzler from X Men has had such very different looks over the years. Mm-hmm. Like there is the Dazzler from like the disco era with like the skates and everything like that. There is the Dazzler with the short hair that we saw in X-Men 92. There's the other version of Dazzler, which was the one from the arcade game. There's, like, the punk rock Dazzler from Ultimate X-Men. Like, mm-hmm. so, so even if they do have it, it will still probably be confused. Yeah, well, I, I,
1: and I'm, naive. Yeah, I'm not sure if it even knows, like, what that would mean. Because, like, yeah. You know, just, just the word Dazzler. Dazzles yeah. In this context. Yeah. And I even I used a little bit of it for my parents like their old wedding photos from when they were in Korea and got married I'm helping them restore a couple of them it gets wild and like I'm in contact with Adobe so I can give them feedback on this stuff but like because of the culture at the time they weren't standing together for the mm-hmm. wedding photos so we were like combining them right and it's right. pretty cut and dry as far as AI goes it's like okay they're in the same setting now let's just put them in the same photo I initially just put combined backgrounds but I guess it just did everything it didn't separate my parents out of it it combined them into a person and it's almost racist delete and send report to adobe
0: (laughs) kind of love that
1: so whatever dazzler was there unless it was objectively offensive it probably i I put it in there we
0: will post it it as long as it's not objectively
1: offensive yeah so it, it well i don't know it might be you know like what was the one thing i sent you that one time like like last year i tried to get the or earlier this year the ai to do it and it just like gave us a leaf instead of like an x-men or something and so whatever i don't know
0: i don't know i've posted some of the weird generative ai stuff too so yeah <laughs> like the, the dolly stuff is just like all yeah. terrifying so every single time i do a generative ai x-men prompt outside of the instagram one it always ends up looking like a different version of like the horsemen of the apocalypse basically (laughs) like they always look like dark and broody and should be reporting up to apocalypse so
1: I wonder if the AI is still figuring out that X-Men isn't like referring to a singular character or something you know like as so just referencing all these comic book characters
0: it usually references three like you usually see somebody who resembles storm somebody who resembles scott and somebody who resembles wolverine those are the consistencies if you don't specify a character by name you will usually get some form of there's a black woman there's a guy with a visor and there's a guy with horns yeah But they teleport into the bank. Easy peasy. You know, they go in and they they jump into the vault and they go into a safety deposit box, find another ring. And that's when Scott and Wolverine break in (laughs) and look like they're the ones robbing the bank. Yeah, like the loudest, biggest. Shooting the cameras out like... I, I mean, granted, I don't know what the security camera recording scenario was back then, but that seems like a good way to be found out as being, right. you know, vigilantes. <laughs> Gene realizes that they're there because he shoots his way into the vault and then just telekinetically tosses Scott and Wolverine. Probably enough that it should have killed Scott, realistically.
1: Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> there's like a lot of rubble now from them breaking in and stuff.
0: Well, it also like throws them so hard, it is out of the vault through the front of the bank and then, you know, across the street. And then she starts the jet and they just fuck off.
1: I think that was great. So she strands them. So that was like premeditated.
0: And then they park on the lawn of the Institute, which that had 92 vibes to me. Yeah. And no one noticed for a little while. So at that point, as Gene is breaking back into the Institute, you find out from a little bit of exposition dump from Beast that there are three... Tibetan artifacts, and they have taken two of them at this point, which... Wait, was Sidorak Tibetan? No. Oh, wasn't? Okay. No. I'm was still trying to type back to that. You really want it to be Sidorak, despite the fact that we know at the end of the episode what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, also,
1: um, you don't know how they combine you know? Yeah. retcons and stuff.
0: So... Jean goes inside and snags Spike and Kitty. And at that point, Xavier does actually detect her presence happening within the Institute. Yeah, it's almost like kind of spooky. Yeah, it's Yeah, it's like almost like ghostly. And then you see the green face guy pop up like as a mental blocker, essentially. Mm -hmm. They realize that they're sealed in the room. Evan has spiked the door shut. Did he like,
1: did they all get like superpowered even more from being evil? Because his spikes and everything were bigger.
0: I was going to talk about that later. Like, All I don't right. think that was actually like a charged up scenario. I got it as a little bit more of just like, oh, this is what he can do when he unleashes. And I wonder if it's more about he doesn't do it more often because he's not as in control. Mm-hmm. And when he's under somebody else's influence, he doesn't need to be under control because that person doesn't care if he fucking dies. So. And, and same with Jean. She's pretty effortless. She's
1: basically like eleven.
0: Yeah, she's very much like like Dark Phoenixing right now with her power, like shy of the fire. So she's like swiping stuff away just with her hands and stuff. Rogue is is there. She's able to to get them out, and they're kind of just like recapping. And he mentions the face, and Rogue is like, "Oh yeah, that was the the dude Esmero at the at the carnival last week."
1: He's like, "So when everybody started going missing, you didn't bother to mention you went to a creepy carnival show." <laughs>
0: Nobody's talked to her up to this point, really. Right. Or right. she to just go. went. Here's the thing: she went to the record store just to buy records. I mean, that's same. And then they, at that time, they also figure out that there's the last of these rings from this Tibetan trio is in Washington D.C. And they took bicycles there. They also <laughs> issued. They also issued an Amber Alert. That's for missing kids, right? What I thought. Okay, I'm not crazy. Because when they're like, yeah, there's been an Amber Alert issued. and It's like, why are they issuing an Amber Alert? Because people are breaking into a museum in Washington.
1: I only know it from like a retail context. Look it up, Amber Alert. Because, you know, there's protocol in retail for like, if there is an Amber Alert at... A store? Yeah, store. Then like, you know, like people aren't allowed to leave without identifying their children and stuff like that. Right, or right. At least, that's how it used to be. I haven't worked retail in 15, 20 years, but...
0: Yeah, this is my kid. Okay, sure, sure, ID. My kid doesn't have a fucking ID.
1: So I don't know how they're doing it now because obviously time has moved forward so much, but yeah. before like, this was in the time, when last time I was working in retail, was in the time like anybody could pick up any vice kid at the school. So in retail where I was working, they would just have us, without the parents looking, ask us to ask the parents to describe the kid's shoes, because it's the one thing an abductor couldn't change quickly. They could like throw other clothes on a kid or throw a right. video over or something, but they couldn't change their shoes, because they would never know what size the kid's feet are. And so most of the time the parents, if they're trying to, unless it was super busy, most people aren't in a rush to get out, especially if they have announced on an amber alert. Right, and if somebody is rushing, that's suspicious. But if someone needs, does need to leave because we we're in a mall or whatever, that you know they'd be like, "What color are the shoes your kids wearing?" And if without looking they could just tell you or whatever, then it's usually pretty okay. But I'm reading
0: amber alert. Yeah, child abduction emergency.
1: Yeah, I have no idea why that was what was used. America's missing broadcast emergency response.
0: Okay, so they land on the roof, and now it's the the quartet of possessed mutants. <laughs> and security pops up in there, and Spike just takes them all out. And that is absolutely the well, we can't have him murder people scenario. But now this is more and more people who are seeing powers get used in a non powered scenario. You know, yeah, like yeah, we're might- seeing security guards, we're seeing the stuff in New York, and it's like it's almost starting to bubble up to the to the point where. It can't all be urban legend, you know?
1: Yeah, my note here was that all the security guards, well, A, they they straight up say, you can't park that on the roof. Which is They're actually just pretty realistic.
0: okay with that aspect of it, yeah.
1: yeah so it was like, actually realistic, like, background conversation happening. And then Spike almost kills all the guards because, like, he had to be so surgical with where he placed all the mm-hmm. spikes to not just straight up, like, go through
0: their head and their chest and, like... You just pinned them up by their clothes. Which I think is harder than we give it credit for, because that means the clothing had to be loose enough to get pinned as opposed to puncture it through their shoulder and such. Yeah. I kind of like possess Spike
1: better. I feel like he's doing a better job. All of them are more competent evil. Like even Nightcrawler, he's not even hesitating. He's like, poof, 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 like in a vault, you know, like.
0: (laughs) But they, they drop down through the floors. They find a room that has the other ring and then they just teleport out at that point. Rogue and Beast have finally picked up Scott and Wolverine when they were stranded at the other location. They don't call it anything, but I'm guessing it's like a, the X Copter. Is that what they would call this? I forgot if it had a name and I couldn't find it when I was looking it up because we talked about it in the Magneto episode.
1: Yeah, because I just noticed because they, they called it the X Van, the X Jet. So I was like, X Copter? X Chopper? X Chopper. That's what they call it, right? Was it? I, I, I don't legit know. don't remember. I know I'm not saying from memory. I'm just saying from, like, convention. I'm just, like, I mean,
0: watching. it feels like very much what the action figure would have been called at that point had they gotten yeah. them. So they end up landing at the carnival roughly around the same time the ex-copter arrives. They're just yeah. coming from their different angles. And Xavier does the, like, the cocky leader thing of, like, keep them busy. I've got an appointment with Mesmero. And it's like, do you now? Yeah, right. Because he's kind of fucked up your whole team so far.
1: Yeah, and he pushed you out of the, the whatever, you know, you're trying to communicate with Jean and everything.
0: So there, Wolverine is like, just make sure to subdue them. No one needs to get hurt. And it's like, of all people, it's like, you're the one that's going to say that. Yeah. And then rain starts. And then we start to get pairings. And, you know, there's nothing that's wild out of, out of the fight scene. You get Beast and Nightcrawler who pair off and they're just like teleporting and bouncing off of stuff. You have like the two super athletic, you know, acrobatic people doing their thing. Then, to what you, I think, were alluding to, Spike gets, like, full-on armor with his stuff at that point. Yeah, he has the
1: stuff in the back that kind of almost was reminiscent of Tusk from the 92 series. You yeah. Know? like, it's almost peacocking. Yeah, I can see it. My note here is, is this was basically, even though this was way before then, like, the MCU Avengers Civil War, but at a carnival in the rain. Yes. Because they had the face-off between the two teams and stuff.
0: Well, they've had, there's a classic cover, I think I've referenced it before, where you had... The original X team squared off against the new X-Men team, the one that had introduced Colossus and Wolverine, and it was like Xavier making them fight was that cover. It was wow. a it was a mind-possessed Xavier. Yeah. Shocking. But yeah, there was like the it was like a four V four square off, I wanna say. Oh, very cool. So I didn't even think of it until you mentioned the Civil War. They you know, they they have some More back and forth. Scott is like teleported in the air as he's just shooting uncontrollably. And I just (laughs) imagine how many people were just murdered during that scene.
1: How many explosions around the area and stuff.
0: Wolverine pops his claws and then he sees Kitty and he's like, you know, I can't do anything. And then she kicks him in the shins. I was wondering about
1: how her kicking him at all would hurt. But the shin, it looked like that was a shin guard.
0: He has a shin guard on top of it too. Yes.
1: I know that's nitpicky but it was just like a huh
0: i mentioned Wait. it in the last episode where the animated wiki went kind of like ape shit on like 27 goofs or whatever mm-hmm. that one was listed on this this episode okay. of like not- kitty is not strong enough given wolverine's mutant power to hurt him and he also is wearing shin guards
1: you know what would have been really dark that they wouldn't have done in a primetime kids show like or a saturday morning kids show or whatever whenever this aired, is like if definitely she had, like, saturday morning if she like partially phased or something you know and, like, just hit him, like, in a...
0: Scramble his or a brain. Or something.
1: Or even just, like, if it's still the shin, you know, just, like, fuck up, like, a muscle or something or whatever, you know?
0: Jean is, like, cool, fuck this, we're, we're we're winning. Starts to walk towards the tent, and Xavier stops her. And then she proceeds to pick him up while in his chair and just, like, lifts him into the sky. The then Mesmero gets the rings anyway. Right, because Rogue goes to absorb Jean, does so successfully which I feel like they have to come back to this moment because we know that when she absorbs somebody, she gets part of their memories and shit. But Jean tosses the rings to Mesmero. And then my comment was psychic nerd fight. The awkward stare down of posturing as they're like mentally fighting each other. But there was no like, it wasn't astral plane like the Shadow King or anything. It was just like, I'm staring very intently at you and you're staring very intently back at me. It's like like the force- Like I said, psychic nerd fight. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So at that point, Mesmero does actually overcome, and he, like, pops back into the tent. And when he does that, everybody just kind of, like, snaps out of it, and they don't have, actually, memory of what's been happening to them since their takeover. So, obviously, Gene for, you know, the, the past day or so, Kitty and Spike for the past few hours. And Rogue is, like, Fuck this. And she just completely shreds the tent. And I love, I love goth rogue makes it believable that she would just be like, fuck this guy. I'm not yeah. putting up with this and just shreds the tent, hoping that he's inside. Essentially, he's gonna get call with his pants down if he's still in there, but it's like, where'd he go?
1: Yeah, he got away. Yeah, my note here said that the X-Men didn't win, but Mesmero let him go.
0: Yeah, he's just completely gone. And then you do get the clarity from Xavier that mesmero was under somebody else's control and it did have to be a tied to a more powerful mind and at that point i was sure it was going to be sinister and i gotta stop making assumptions in this show i could see that though i who does who would i thought who did i think that was at that time i guess sinister
1: would make the most sense
0: because because for me as a reader the only person I would have thought it could have been would have been Mesmero possessing somebody else. Jason Wingard, which I don't think you introduce Jason without the Hellfire Club. Emma Frost, I don't think you introduce Emma without the Hellfire Club. Sinister, like I don't consider Apocalypse a I know like I a psychic control.
1: You know, when Xavier said he was just a puppet, I thought this was going to be an introduction of Shadow King. That's who I thought it was going to be. I yeah, for some like,
0: oh, reason, did, I never got, got the a... Shadow King
1: vibe off of this one. Maybe it's because I was just off the editing, like, the African Storm episode and stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, that was, like, probably less likely that that's the character, right? Because this
0: is kind of like a Villain of the Week situation mm-hmm. so far. Right. Jump over. It's in Tibet. Mesmero goes into a cave and then immediately started seeing the Egyptian imagery. All the statues and the stuff carved into the wall. It was all, it was all Egyptian. I was like, oh, okay, we are getting Apocalypse. And then what they did that I thought was incredibly clever... Was there's like this little stick that pops out, and then he puts the three rings onto the stick, and that became a key. And I oh, yeah. never would have thought of that. I thought that was an incredible like. If they came up with it, that's amazing. If they took that from like a D and D campaign or something like that, it was still such a cool visual because I was like what are the, what's the rings because this isn't this isn't the Mandarin from Iron Man and that kind of stuff. We know it's not going to take that route. So I, I thought that was a really cool moment. So he takes the key, puts it in. There's this big shiny light and there's like this evil laugh. And at that point, it was basically all but confirmed to be Apocalypse. And then you see that there's actually multiple doors and the first door, which was literally just a keyhole. There's now a door with a giant red scarab on the front of it. And he's like, yep, I did what you asked me to. And it's like, well, you got the first one opened." And now you got to get the other two. And it's like, we're getting something that's going to stretch across multiple episodes out of this one for us. I didn't yeah.
1: know it was going to be Apocalypse until he actually said it. And I was like, yeah. well, who is it going to be? And because I, I guess I didn't recognize all the Egyptian stuff when I mean, you're saying it was a cool key kind of component or whatever. It was like, it's not the same, but it had like that Kingdom Hearts energy. So it would be hilarious if like he opens up that door and like Goofy comes out.
0: And He's like the power of friendship reunited us. Dude, I, I can't with Kingdom Hearts. I mean, I just can't. I'm sorry. I know it's a fandom and people love it, but I cannot deal with that narrative. It is the most confusing thing I think I've ever watched a recap video on. And I've watched 45 minute Mortal Kombat recap videos
1: do you see the kingdom hearts recap where the guy starts on one wall i can already tell you no i think you would like this one because it just gets funny because he's trying to do like the hero's journey or whatever so it's this like circle thing or whatever and then he's like well we have to go over to this wall for that one and then there's like a bench in the middle of the room and stuff because like same i enjoy the kingdom hearts games, but friends all the time ask me like how do you keep track of the story he's like easy i don't because you can't there's like mobile games handheld games and stuff i think there's one for like a a nokia phone i think at one point and like it has like the the nokia n-gauge or whatever the hell it was and it had like a critical part of the story in it but you yeah. can't even play it anymore it's like yeah i can't and it, even within his own game it's like tough but
0: it is somehow more convoluted than evangelion and evangelion <laughs> has 37 different timelines oh wow yeah I don't, i'm not i don't follow evangelion, yeah. so. but x-men and and that's where you know you do get to your point the reveal that he is working for Apocalypse, which is a great cliffhanger for an episode because Mesmero as a character, I could not give a shit about, but knowing he's tied to Apocalypse, now I actually am invested in him. And it's not Mystique this time. Well, Mystique is on team Magneto, Magneto. so yeah.
1: And I wasn't familiar with Mesmero before this, at least I know of. Uh, No, you're not. You're definitely not. If I was, I'd seen him in some other iteration. I like that either this storyline could continue next episode or next season and it wouldn't make a difference. It's like a right. nice. It's a cliffhanger like you said, but it's like a kind of foreshadowing like MCU stuff, you know, where like something could be teased and then like not pay off till 4 years later or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was a good episode overall. I see why it had the rating it did. I think, you know, similar to what we've talked about with the Marvels, you get a little bit of a bonus bump in your points because you have the big reveal at the end of it. Yeah. So it's it already starts out as a good baseline. But it's like, oh, I know I'm getting this other thing because of it. And that helps it out as well.
1: I think my favorite part of this episode was, even though they were evil, or maybe this was part of why it was more fun, was it was nice to see them all like competent in their powers, you know? It's been fun seeing the teenagers and, you know, getting used to their literally being in their skin. But seeing like Jean have like 100% control over whatever limited power she has at that point, Spike. Yep nightcrawler they're all like working without the inefficiencies of stumbling over each other it's kind of cool it's like oh man this is the this is what they're gonna be you know in yeah a few years
0: yeah and i think part of that is like whether you call it confidence or just zero hesitation because there is no fear of what happens if i mess up well the guy who's controlling you really doesn't care <laughs> as long as he gets his ring so if yeah. you mess up and you die he just moves on to the next one
1: yeah because it's just a puppet of a puppet <laughs>
0: yeah what i what i am curious about is how much does mesmero and by proxy apocalypse know about the x-men because he knew get gene because gene is the psychic and could do the telekinetic powers he knew that nightcrawler is the teleporter did he know that because of possessing gene or did they know that in advance like there's lots of little open threads right now for for this to to follow
1: we're used to seeing apocalypse kind of being like the you know the puppet master i say kingpin but not in the marvel character kingpin but like a mob kingpin you know Mm -hmm. like the pieces are very intentional right obviously they can do whatever they want with them they change the storyline but it, it would make sense if he's just like kind of aware of how timelines go and then executes, you know, or Mesmero is literally like his literal eyes, you know, depending on how the enchantment works or whatever, because he communicated him without speaking. Mm -hmm. Like, oh yes, that's where it is. And we just didn't hear anything. So who knows?
0: From this, there is a reference to the original X-Men number 111 in the X-Men book that would become Uncanny X-Men when they did like the name change reboot on it. So the original retail price on it was 35 cents, but it was Mesmero basically at a carnival, possessing the X-Men to be a part of his carnival thing. And Gene and Nightcrawler were part of that possessed group. Oh, okay. So
1: they did reference some original, some uh, yeah, source material. That's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, let me save that image so it can get uploaded to our Instagram. The other one, they mention on IMDb a character who debuts in this episode that has a larger part to play with Kurt, that did not happen and i used my imdb pro account to edit it because okay. it was incorrect information oh, nice. okay gotcha nice yeah it was oh, like good from, and from what i could tell it is something that happens in the next episode based on the name and the the character stuff in it but i was like i looked at it and i was like they introduced blank and i'm not <laughs> going to say it not that yeah. you would even know the name anyway because it's a secondary level character mm-hmm. but it was like wait did i and then i started looking at other wikis and it was like oh no that character's name does not pop up until the following episode and i was just like Oh, no,
1: they messed up the episode numbers
0: no i think i i mean it like literally was like written in like You know, it's under the description of what the episode is. So somebody just literally flubbed the trivia of like, introduce this character and like, no, they didn't.
1: (laughs) As we find a spoiler off for next episode, like it was also Mystique.
0: Well, it's also like one of those things of it kind of reminds you as much as some people have done amazing research and some of these wikis like the animated fandom, that thing has detailed step by step by step by step of an entire episode written out. But at the same time, it's like, this is all generated by people. It's not anywhere official. So people make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that's why we see, like, you know, episode orders on two different locations being different and such. So I don't know, it was kind of that, like, not sobering moment, but also, like, yeah, it's, it's also kind of why, like, I like to reference where I get something from if I didn't come up with it myself or from my own memory. Like, because, mm-hmm. you know, shit isn't always right. So.
1: I don't know if you're familiar with the creator named J.J. McCullough. He's one of my, my more favorite, and I actually got to meet him at VidCon. I was at a Nebula dinner, and he was there. But he has a video about like why he hates Wikipedia for like crucial research, like shit about X-Men cartoons, like whatever. You know, that's, right. Th- know
0: Things that are not going to ruin people's lives. It's yeah. fine.
1: Yeah. But he's, he was saying like Wikipedia has kind of ruined like the research like skills for a lot of people because not because of Wikipedia inherently, but it's because of the nature of the internet. One source could be incorrect, get referenced somewhere else, and then the original incorrect reference is what someone else uses to substantiate. And it substantiates 75 reposts. Yeah, and then it just keeps... It kind of goes in a circle. So they all, like, kind of verify each other, but it's all based off the one thing that was incorrect to begin with. And that often culminates at Wiki because Wiki will... like You can cite, like... 20 sources but all those 20 sources could have originally gone back to like the one incorrect one or something so
0: yeah no I've, I've i've definitely seen that i mean we talked about it there was mention of something in season one where the concept art for i think it was spike or something like that mm-hmm. went to a dead link oh yeah <laughs> so it's like cool that reference i don't know what you're referencing like mm-hmm. was it a text interview was it an audio interview was it a video interview considering it was hosted on probably like a GeoCities website. I don't think it was a video interview, you know? I
1: miss GeoCities. That was so fun with all like the overstimulating GIFs and things all around the screen. The MySpace HTML
0: all over it and such too.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Like, like, like glitter stars and stuff.
0: So, Rod... Final thoughts for you? Cool episode. Overall, not a lot happened, but it was a setup. It was like the
1: prelude to the Apocalypse Saga, so that was really cool. I love how you say not a lot happened, and we've been recording for an hour and 10 minutes. Well, yeah. Well, when I say that in the sense of, like, you could summarize the lasting effects of this episode really quickly, you know? But there's other episodes where, like, okay, you need to know all these things.
0: Yeah. It was, of those. It was a plot-driven episode as opposed to a character-driven episode. End of the day... Nobody's relationship is gonna change for it. You know, there's that ultimate out from gene of like, oh, I didn't know what was going on and nobody's gonna like have hard feelings for her for doing this. Mm-hmm. But I think this is gonna be the start of kind of like between this and the on Angel's Wings episode where people start talking more about mutants, whether or not they call them mutants, but like the powered monsters, I think becomes more of a thing within the next two or three episodes is my gut check. That'll be fun.
1: And also I say that, you know, not a lot happened with the caveat of like I think in retrospect, depending on how this apocalypse storyline goes, this episode could come become better to me, or not better like more involved to me based on how the story goes. Yeah. This is kind of like you know its own little mini like infinity saga because he's literally looking for rings and stuff but now that we know there's two other doors and we don't even necessarily know if the keys are more rings or just something else and so it's a fun little journey that we know there's more than one other part
0: right because if you look at that that other door there was nothing that looked at least quickly to me Mm -hmm. like a keyhole it was like that like i said it was that giant red ruby scarab yeah like, does he, does he just grab Scott's head and holds it in front of it? Right. He's like, you have to go find Moon Knight. All of them. Thank you guys for watching us. If you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them into the comments for either the YouTube upload or the official Instagram post for this episode. If you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app of your choosing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and we have one last episode for 2023, and then they will drop magically all of X-Men 97 on us the next day.
1: <laughs> yeah, Sorry, oh, yeah, the guess- day before. I guess we should also address. We'll address it the next episode. But like, we're taking a couple of weeks off for the holidays. If you joined us in the middle of all this, it's a good opportunity to go check out the other what, like, hundred some odd episodes or something. I forget what number we're at now. We're
0: in this. We have not crossed a hundred yet. We're okay. close. There's we should lot. do. We should look that up.
1: I, I gather that you could even just never stop listening, and still it would take the
0: full break to not be done to listen. So at this point, it's we do special. talk a lot. we had two episodes about fucking nightcrawler for god's sake yep that was a good one also there's nobody listening still at this point this is us just talking to ourselves leave a comment if you listen to this (laughs) if you stayed till the bitter bitter end just tell us we're genuinely curious